This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You know you want to. Joy.org.au. What a great promo for weekend breakfast. Paul. No, I have, but what a great promo. Fantastic. What is your guilty secret? Maybe we'll yeah, what's talk- your guilty pleasure before we speak to... Uh, Enough of me. You must go no, on no, with no, next no, guest. No, 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 before we really... My guilty pleasure is trashy music, Macca. There you go. Just that? Just that. Okay. Luke Dennehy from uh, Tennis Australia and well... And tennis, obviously. And tennis <laughs> and well known to our community. How are you, Luke? I'm very good. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Now, I've got to ask you: Are you are you are you a real tennis fan like Nevena? You know, Nevena is a complete tragic. Oh, I'm an absolute nut, Luke. Oh, I love it. Um, I'll I'll send you some ground passes if you like. So it's perfect. Uh, Absolutely, yes. That's good to know. I actually am, uh, Macca. I um. I, I first came to the Australian Open when I was 10 years old. I grew up in the Yarra Valley and, oh, wow. and I just loved the sport. Yeah, and I used to come every year and I actually was a scoreboard operator in 1995 when Mary Pierce won. I was 15 oh years God. old and back then. I loved yeah, we Mary had, um, I loved her too. So she was so glamorous. And I, I, I didn't know I was gay then, but who would have thought, you know. Because us gays, we, we love women's tennis for some reason. It's, it's we a do. huge. Uh, <laughs> we do. So I loved, uh, you know, when I was 13, Steffi Graf and Monica Salas. And that era, it was so dramatic, wasn't it? Oh and they were amazing players. Um, so I then I be, uh, became a scoreboard operator for a couple of years. And then I worked in the media centre. And I've kind of been connected in some way ever since. So I do. I'm actually a real tennis fan. So, yeah. I love that story, and I love your connection to some of the greats of the game. Love Monica, Steffi. We could talk yeah. about that forever. But we, we are talking <laughs> about this year's Australian Open, and in particular, some of the incredible themed days that we have, like the Pride Round, which yes. brings to the international stage not only a firm commitment about uh, pride in the sport, but giving a platform for members of our community to say homophobia is well and truly a thing of the past. This game is opening. This game is welcome. And here we are at the Glam Slam to prove it. It's such an incredible feat. Yeah, yeah. And we're really happy with that. And um, I've been here for now for seven years. And when I started, there wasn't any sort of pride um, activation. And Macca, were you there the other night at the event? Look, I, or- I, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't able to get there. But I recall, no and I, I'm just trying to remember the the name of the guy, that when this this is such quite a while ago, obviously, when we were at uh, Burke Street, and I remember when yeah. Glam, Glam Slam start, yeah, started. Rowan. Yes, yep. Rowan, was it? Yeah? Yeah, yes. yeah Rowan. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's it's an incredible initiative, but it's grown and it's grown and it's grown. And yeah. I've got to tell you, uh, Steve Demopoulos, Demo, he was beside himself with, you know, he gets to talk at lots of things, but to actually, yeah. you know, the Pride event last Friday, you know, he was really so excited to be doing it. So it's great to have that oh, yeah. support, but also... Let's recognise the Australian Open is doing this. This is, you know, and this doesn't happen around the world at every tennis tournament, does it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thank you for that because it's not tokenistic. I think sometimes these things can and you guys would understand that. And the way it sort of started, um, you know, there was none of none of like we didn't really have that much support with the organisation because it was all kind of new and then 
every year, and I think it's because of Craig Tiley, um, came to that, that event. I think we had Jason Collins, the first out NBA player, do it. Mm. And then from then he said, we've got to do more pride in the Glam Slam. And um, now I think there's 200 players coming from 36 countries, I think. Um, they arrive, they're probably in town now for the Glam Slam, which kicks off on Thursday, which is also our Pride Day. So it's just, for me, I'm really proud to, you know, it's one of the best things I've ever done in my career to see how it's grown. And last year we had um, Billie Jean King, who was there, who didn't have to come along, but she came on and presented the trophy and, you know, fist in the air and revved up the crowd. So to see it grow and grow has been amazing. We were speaking to Lord Mayor Sally Cap earlier today and she was saying that there's been more people from overseas attending the AO than ever. Has this surprised you? Has this been a push that has happened? What's the story there? Yeah, I think um, I think uh, a couple of things. I think for me, the feeling this year is the very first year since COVID that it feels exactly like it was before yeah, COVID. So absolutely. we had a real tough couple of years Um uh, I think 21, uh, it was shut down like the rest of the state when we had that lockdown. Mm. Remember, there's five days snap lockdown in January. Yes. And then, of course, yeah, feels like a, a whole other lifetime ago. But then on the next year, we had, um, of course, the Novak Djokovic thing, which sort of overshadowed the, the, the tournament. And there were still restrictions on crowds. And then um, last year was nearly there, but I think there was still a bit of a hangover. People didn't want to buy tickets, especially yeah. overseas in the interstate, in case something would happen. And uh, But I think. I think that's the main reason. I think ticketing, buying habits have gone back to normal and a lot more interstate visitors as well. There's still sort of some markets, like the Chinese market, I think is not back where it was. I don't know if they're travelling as much yet, but it really is getting there. So it's great to see. It's great for Melbourne. And again, you know, Luke, it's really important for people to understand there aren't that many Grand Slams in the world. Yeah. Yep. And there are and Glam Slams, um, you know, this is benchmark and you know that melbourne you know is a progressive state and that the way that we do this tennis in melbourne is is really impressive and you know i say here i'm not a huge tennis fan but (laughs) never like let me tell you you know oh my god um I was up all night watching the Medvedev match yeah. of every five setter that's been played. I was at the Kyrgios game that got that could only go to midnight. Of course, he tanked. Um, oh, <laughs> could only go yeah. to midnight. And that was during one of the lockdowns. I've been going since I was a kid, so it's really part yeah. of my experience in the city. And we've just had a, a text from one of our listeners saying Australian Open's atmosphere is incredible, and we all feel safe. May this Pride Round inspire the AFL to take some action with their own code, yeah. which is very overdue. Mm. What are your thoughts on yeah. that, Luke? Well, it's really interesting you say that because Ian Roberts, one of his things that he said, he spoke at the event last year, 30 years since he came out, and, um, you know, why haven't... Well, the women have led the way, haven't Absolutely. they? Now, oh, now yes. yeah. um, and you look, and when you look at the Matildas, it's like um, unbelievably embraced, and, you know, I don't think there was much trolling and stuff, but sadly, I think... Of course, I, I would be... It's amazing. I think they would be incredibly supportive, but when you look at Josh Cavallo, the soccer player, and he did a post couple yes. of months ago saying how the hatred he still gets it's like it's i don't understand like well men get that so there's i can see why a player might be reluctant mm. um but at the same time ian roberts said like he wishes he came out earlier and if you're really confident in yourself like yeah. go for it but i think especially for a guy for some reason it does i don't know in that space they seem to get trolled more or hate um and i think it's we've got a bit of a way to go yet i think but you know i think in the, the circuit itself everyone would be embraced and i know in football um 
you know, they're, a lot of those guys are fantastic. So uh, let's hope it comes soon. Now, you know you've got a hard decision to make tomorrow, Luke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Is it Carnival Day? <laughs> Or is it oh, Australian? Yeah. Well, what was the other? Okay, what was the other hard decision? I'm more interested in that. There were pangs of guilt oh, there. I think uh, I thought you were going to talk about tennis. I mean, who's going to be on a night? And that's out of my hand. It's either Djokovic <laughs> or Dimonor. So that's what I thought you were talking about. So I, I think both. I think the Channel Nine will be wanting either of those are high rating. But yes, I actually thought of that today because I can't really go and have a good time like I did back in the day. So I don't know if I'll get there. <laughs> so. Well, perhaps, perhaps spend a little bit of time at Carnival, either right, yeah. at the, right, at the, right at the start. Don't do it right at the end of Carnival because that does get very messy, but it's not, it that, it's not that far <laughs> from there, you know, to the tennis no. centre. You know, you might even be able to swim across the Yarra. Yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Please we'll don't swim across the Yarra. <laughs> we don't want to be yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to see some tennis players. And can I make a suggestion for next year for Carnival Day? Yes. I reckon the Australian Open needs a little stand there. Oh, you know, we did last year, so That's I'm not right. sure. Yeah. yeah, we did, we did, and I'm not sure. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of presence tomorrow, but I agree we need to sort of make it bigger and better, I think. Mm. So. so, Luke, mm. week one is almost coming to an end. Week two is when things really start sharpening yeah. up. What can punters expect when they go down and um, have a look at some of those matches? Yeah, I think, um, like the Glam Slam, like the, 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 what we highlight in the second week is we have some great outside court tournaments as well. Like there's one for the, the deaf, hard of hearing players, which they're really talented, like um, from around the world. So you've got that. You've got the wheelchair tennis, which is really good as well. Um, and then you've got a final festival, which is the music um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So there's lots to do. And another... Um matter that's been colouring this Australian Open, for better or for worse, uh, we have a player that's currently um, facing allegations of domestic violence and yep. abuse. Um, and I know that there is a legal matter afoot, so I don't want to comment on that. But there's been some questions from the Australian Press Gallery to some male tennis players, and they've responded in a particular way, which has mostly been a no comment or they're not informed. But on the other hand, we have a lot of female tennis players who seem to be very attuned to this situation and have expressed um, their support and sympathy with the victim survivor. Do you think that um, that is really, I don't know, what is the, what's the tensions there that we're dealing with and how is that best handled? Um, it's a really interesting uh, question you're talking about, Zverev, the yeah, um, right. German star. And um, look, I, I know the ATP, I'm not sure if they've done a review or they're doing a, a review in that, Um uh, it's 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 a hard one to to answer, but yeah. you know I think um, I think I think the press you know they have the right to ask that question, don't yeah. they? So, um, but I think uh, I think it's in May. We'll, we'll, they'll hear more about that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah it's actually the, it's actually back, or you know, it part of the process that it, it you know that matter is going through is re is reaches a, a point in in May. So I want to ask you, yeah. Luke, the outside DJ. And or the party court court six, yep. um, what's it like? You've been down there to have a yeah, bit I love of, it. Been down and there to have a bit of a bit of a sip. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, so. Just for your listeners, so court six, it's um, the first time we've done a two-story sort of bar, and it's a beautiful fit out, and it's really close to the court. I think um, now, I mean, there were some single matches there. I think only one of the players has complained publicly. Um, 
because some of the players, you know, like a Nick Kyrgios, oh, he would have loved it. Yeah. There. He'd love it. So, um, but um, it, I think it's been really well received. Um, I thought I thought there'd actually be more noise about that. Yeah. Um, I think some players really love it. And I think we've got to, and also, I mean, a lot of the players have been complaining about the, I think you can walk in, uh, not at the change of ends anymore. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, which, you know, t- 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 tennis traditionalists probably don't like that, but I think we've got to move with the times a bit and, you know, the players have to just get used to it. I mean, a lot of these, um, you know, lower-ranked players play on, you know, courts in front of freeways, you know, in, in random countries in, you know, the Middle East or somewhere. So, you know, I just think, you know, they're getting a lot of money, they're 100 and whatever 40 grand or what it is first round losers so you know yeah. come on guys and i think <laughs> and, and i think also luke you know people uh you know pay a lot mm. for tickets to the australian yeah. open and to say to them oh well yeah actually yeah you've got a ticket you're there for 24 hours you know eight hours whatever but if you go to the loo you might have to wait half an hour no yeah it's yeah. it's exactly and when any change like, change like this is made, it takes time. Uh, mm. But again, you don't want play disrupted. But, you know, yeah. the reason the players are there is because people buy tickets mm. and tickets pay prize money, you know, as do yeah. sponsors. And I think, so, um, you know, you don't want the US to- Open, I've been a couple of times and um, it's very much like this. It's, you know, and people, the players are used to it. I think it's just, as you said, yeah. it takes time yeah. to get used to that, but I'm sure they will. Well, Luke, it's always really funny to me, um, the other disruptions that could happen. We had the other night a seagull disrupting one of yes. the Pass games. <laughs> We've had crickets. Uh, there was a, a, an event a few years ago when a feather unraveled Andy Murray. So I think it just, we have to do move with the times. We do have these incredible yep. athletes. And I think in a couple of years, they'll be able to deal with the fact there are people in the stadium moving. That's right, and, and you might even remember if you love your tennis like you do, um, 1997 when the court flooded. Oh, um, that's right. Yes, they were playing. <laughs> and yet we play on. Luke, thank you so we much for on. joining us on Saturday okay. Magazine. It's been great um, having you and spruiking all things our incredible Australian Open. Keep up the good work, and we look forward to thank celebrating so at the end of it. Cheers. Fantastic. Thank you. Bye, Cheers. guys. You are on Saturday Magazine Joy 94.9. Macca and Nevena. Stay with us. There's more than there's news. And 24 there's... hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, really, Macca? Is that 50... what you're doing with your time? Oh, <laughs> there's always joy. I want to thank uh, Nevena for being my co-host this morning, Paul for uh, panelling, Paul for news, James on the front desk. Quick rundown of who we had. We were very, very happy to have Sally Cap, our favourite Lord Mayor, with us. We also then spoke with Kate Douglas, who's a research assistant on the Rainbow Knowledge Project. And that was a really interesting conversation. So head to Rainbow Knowledge Project to find out more about what they're doing to recontextualise the health system. We then had Laura Hartley Quinn speaking about the latest AI-created scams. The takeaway message there, if someone's texting you, verify it. Just give them a quick call. If you're seeing a link in an email and being asked to click it, don't click it. Authenticate because it saves you a lot of time and stress in the long run. We then spoke about the sacking of ABC, oh, sorry, former ABC journalist Antoinette Latouf with Danny Saeed from Media Reporting at Crikey. 
we were joined in the studio by four new friends yes. of the Latinos Art Project at the Pride Centre, and we invite you to come see these incredible portraits in our beautiful Pride Centre building. Scan, and scan the QR code. Stand the QR Because, code. you know, there's a whole lot more. There's video and other information. Uh, beautiful pictures, really beautiful images. And, you know, I, I admire photographers that can capture that that moment in time, you know. Um, I don't photograph well. So, <laughs> but Well, maybe. Um, could be maybe. something to do with, you know. <laughs> and then we spoke with Ave Polieri from the Greens about pill testing, climate change and housing. Lastly, we had Luke Dennehy from Tennis Australia speaking at a beloved Australian Open. What a show, Macca. Fantastic. So thanks for listening. Thanks for your membership. If you are a member, if you're not, you bloody well should be. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.